And now we're going to read from Luke chapter 2. So please turn there in your Bibles. Luke's in the New Testament, and it's about three quarters of the way through the Bible. So Luke chapter 2, verse 8 to 18. So starting at verse 8. Hear the word of the Lord. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. Good evening. It's good to be with you on Christmas Eve as we celebrate together the coming of Christ. Or I guess to be particular, the almost coming of Christ. Uh, We're getting close, right? You're getting close. My name is Mark. I'm one of the pastors here at Westminster Presbyterian in Bull Creek. And so I'm glad you're here tonight. So we look at Luke chapter 2. So if you have your Bibles open, we're just going to look at a few verses of what we read earlier. So just from verse 11 to 14 mostly, I'm going to focus on that. There are many places... In this world where you could say, this is no place for a child. You can say that in a sentence about a moving car that has no car seat. You can say that on a high speed roller coaster, you know, up and down. You wouldn't put a child there or on the floor of a barn, you know, really dirty, yucky or in an animal feeding trough. That term manger that we see in our passage is just that, an animal feeding trough. And so let me read to you again, just from verse 11 to verse 14. For unto you is born this day in the city of David, a savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. If this is your first time coming to church or maybe the first time in a long time, I want to welcome you. I don't know what you expected, but I hope that we break all expectations for you tonight, telling you about a Savior who did not come to impress you, but he came to welcome you. His birth was unique, but the circumstances of his birth were unimpressive. The announcement that was given was glorious. 
but the recipients of the message were lowly. Glorious praise for God, no doubt. But it's the peace that's offered that invites us in. If you're in church regularly and this is just normal for you, welcome to you too. It's likely that you already do know the Savior, that you're one of his followers, that you are a disciple of Jesus. But this reminder that we're looking at tonight is fitting for each person here. The truth is our Savior came in humble circumstances. He came to the lowliest of people to glorify God and also to give us peace. And those are really just the three points that we'll look at tonight. The birth of Jesus invites your approach, your consideration. Because he arrived in humble circumstances. His birth, he was born, sorry, his birth announced to the lowly. And God is glorified and grants peace. So that first point that he arrived in humble circumstances. We see that here. Luke gives the astounding news in Luke chapter 2, verse 11. The child being born is Christ the Lord. His identity is unique. You wouldn't name a child something like this. This child is unique. Christ, meaning the anointed one, the king. And Lord, meaning the one who commands. So this little baby... Jesus is Jesus Christ, the Lord. He's the ruler to be anointed king over all. But his arrival is unimpressive and it's humble. He's not guarded in a palace, but he's placed in a manger, lowly. Now, the purpose of a manger, as I said before, it's a feeding trough. It's a feeding trough that you'd put hay in for horses and cattle. You'd put oats in there. You might put grains of all different sorts. But you do not place babies in a feeding trough unless you're in the humblest of circumstances. Desperate to find a place to rest your newborn. Mary and Joseph were in humble circumstances. No place for them to go. Nowhere for them to put their perfect baby Jesus. They swaddled him just like any normal parent would to wrap them up and keep them warm. But they could only rest him in a manger. Now, new parents with their firstborn child. They have one common priority. Keep the child safe. At all costs, right? Isn't that the first one? First thing you do, all parents with their firstborn child, you sterilize the dummies. You know, everything that goes into their mouth, you want to make sure that there's no germs on it. You clean them over and over again. You know, when they soil their clothes right away, change their clothes, change the nappy, get them all sorted. And then most importantly, you put the child in a very quiet place so they can sleep because that's almost priority number one right there. That's baby care 101 especially the sleeping part. Now, I'm not sure if you've ever been in a barn, 
But I spent four years in Lancaster County in Pennsylvania on the corner of a farm where they farmed uh, milking 400 head of cattle. So I've been through the barn in that place. And let me tell you, cows are not sanitary. They are not quiet. They are rude and stinky and unclean. Horses the same. Barns are smelly places. Animals make lots of noises all throughout the night and sometimes pretty kind of rude noises as well. So you contrast the uniqueness of Christ, the Lord, with the place of his birth. It's amazing. Christ, the Lord, being born in such a lowly place. God did not secure Jesus in a palace. He did not give Jesus parents with great means, with lots of money. He did not demand the perfect conditions for his beloved son's birth. Jesus did not come to be comfortable. But for humans to know God's humble welcome. And God's humble welcome as well is seen in those that he came to first. Some of the first people that he came to to tell of this great welcome. His birth is announced to lowly shepherds, to the lowly. So you contrast this amazingly powerful angel in the story that we see here to the lowly shepherds. The angel's appearance. The glory of the Lord showing around terrified the shepherds. They were absolutely terrified. But the angel says to them, fear not. I bring you good news of great joy. Our God did not hype the son's appearance on social media. Of course, they didn't have social media back then. But, you know, he didn't make a big, huge deal that all the world will know. Instead, he tells shepherds out in a field, away from the city, away from the crowds. Now, shepherds are not tops in society, even back then, okay? Shepherds are not the top people in the society. They are regularly the lowly people, the lowly men who go out and they work in isolated areas to take care of of really dumb sheep. I mean, it's important work, but the work that they're doing is to look after dumb animals, dumb animals that usually ended up on someone's dinner table or sacrificed at an altar. See, on the rung of society's ladder, what they did was more like guarding the pantry not like guarding the treasury. And God arranged for lowly shepherds to be among the first, the first to receive news of Jesus' birth. News that would change their whole life. He welcomed them to go and see Jesus to meet the newborn king. In a few minutes, we're going to sing, Hark, the herald angels sing, Glory 
to the newborn king. God arranged for his son's birth so that the lowly would feel welcomed. So the lowly would feel that they could come to Jesus because he himself was lowly. And the next line in that Christmas carol says this, peace on earth and mercy mild, God and sinners reconciled. And that's our next point, our last point, actually, that God is glorified and that he grants peace because of this child's birth. So just after Jesus' birth is announced, a heavenly choir praises God. And he says, and it says this, if you look in your passage, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is well pleased. Heaven, heaven breaks in. After this angel's announcement, all of heaven breaks in and amplifies what the angel has just said. Jesus' birth brings this great news, this praise and glory to God and peace among those with whom God is pleased. And he's saying, well, then who is God pleased with? Well, here's the sad part of that story. The story across all of the Bible, across all of humanity, from the time of Adam and Eve through all of the Old Testament, through all of the New Testament, even to today, you just look in the news and you will find humanity sinning and rebelling constantly against God. God commands, worship no other gods but me, but we worship material things and money. God commands, do not commit adultery, but that goes on all over the place. God commands... Do not lie, do not cheat, do not steal, do not covet. Love your enemy. Pray for them that persecute you. Do not gossip. Do not, I mean, I think I've probably named something that some of you may have done one of those things, right? At least one. You see, we all rebel. God commands, people disobey. So there is no peace. When a child disobeys their parents' instruction, they break peace with their parent. There's a disruption in the relationship. Similarly, Adam and Eve, they broke peace that they did enjoy previously in the garden with God. However, God's plan to send Jesus and grant peace demonstrates once again that God, that God is great, that he is merciful and that he welcomes people to come to him in repentance and faith. Matthew Henry is a 17th century scholar And he wrote the following, if God be at peace with us, all peace results from it. Peace of conscience, 
peace with the angels, peace between Jew and Gentile. And if you're not sure what Jew and Gentile means, it just means that these two groups of people that were always against each other, they had no peace between them, Jew and Gentile. And Matthew Henry goes on to say, peace is here put for all good. All that good which flows flows to us from the incarnation. In other words, from the birth of Christ. All the good we have or hope is owing to God's goodwill, his goodwill, his mercy towards us. And if we have the comfort of that goodwill, of that mercy, then he must have the glory of that. See, it is God who welcomes and reconciles sinners into a relationship with him. He created humans because he is a welcoming God. Even after centuries, after millennia of interactions with humans who turn their back on him over and over and over again, God still determined to bring peace. He sent his son, Jesus, born of a virgin into humble circumstances. And by this, humanity knows that God mercifully welcomes sinners to repent and know the peace and joy that we were created for. You see, our King Jesus, Christ the Lord, he was born. When shepherds were told of his birth in verse 15 of our passage, what did they do? They went to see this thing that had happened, which the Lord had made known to them. They didn't just stay in the field. They didn't just stay quiet about what they had seen. And they didn't just avoid Jesus and say, oh, well, that's too scary. I don't want to go there. Who wants to see a baby? When the angel extended God's astounding welcome, They went to see Jesus. Are you astounded by God's welcome? As I said earlier, some of us in here probably follow Jesus, know Jesus. He's our savior. Aren't you still astounded by this welcome that God would come to such a low position to welcome people like you and me? But maybe you're here and you've never heard these things before. You don't know Jesus. This is all new to you. Are you astounded that the God that created all things would come in such a lowly way so that you could know welcome, so that you could know peace with him? God's word tells us that Jesus Christ is Lord. So you should accept his welcome. You should rejoice if you are a Christian in his welcome. And if you don't know him, you should accept his welcome to know peace with him forever. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we are indeed grateful that you sent your son Jesus, thank you for coming in such a vulnerable way, such a lowly way, so that we might understand 
that you mean us mercy and give us peace. Thank you for your welcome. And Holy Spirit, I pray that you would help us to be in awe of all that's done to bring us salvation. Lord, help us to rejoice in these things. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.